Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. My name is Genre, and I'm here with Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And uh, Packy Wyland, friend of the show. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Obviously, Mike is not here. He is um, on a, well, we can't really say. Uh, uh, publicly yet, uh, but just just be sure to know that it is in service of his country. And if there's any random explosions or anything, uh, then don't worry about it. Just ignore it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh no! <laughs> uh, I saw that he was taking a tux with him. Uh, so I don't know what what that's about but um anyway oh hmm? seven he's gonna he's doing an 007 thing <laughs> double, okay, an 007 suit <laughs> yes do you 007. mean a 007 is that i'm you're... i'm a coder i'm i'm literal it's terrible it's a terrible habit hey is it maybe he's really batman <laughs> he's, he's not he quiet has a enough jawline yeah, he's he has not, a strong jawline. He wouldn't be he able to. He wouldn't mask. be able to to sneak around. He'd be like, "I'm sneaking." <laughs> Do not. He would. He didn't it. <laughs> anyway, Do not um, despair. I am here. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is is away uh, for I think this show, maybe the next show, and um, we hope he's having a good time. Whatever he's doing. Anyway. Um, by the way, uh, next week we will have the Secretary of State candidate, one of the maybe. other ones we've had one on. Yeah, that's the hope for maybe, Thursday. She's she's agreed. Of, um Yeah. Um <laughs> maybe. So uh yeah, I'm trying to start off a little funny, but um uh life kind of sucks right now, I'm gonna say. Um we've had in the past yeah, in the past few weeks, uh, we've had um, three mass shootings that have uh, that that have been nationally covered because there have been more mass shootings. But um, these are, yeah, these are na- these are the ones that everybody knows about. So there was the one in Buffalo, uh. In, um, at the at the tops supermarket um, in in a specifically in a black neighborhood, uh, that guy drove like three hours to get to to get to that specific place to because he thought, yeah, we're we're getting there's the great replacement thing. That's that's what's happening. All the brown people are re- literally replacing the white people. Then, then there was the um, attack uh, at the church in California, and I believe Irvine, Irvine um, where uh, a, Ch- a Chinese gentleman um, walked walked into a Taiwanese uh, church, and because he didn't like Taiwan, I guess 
Um, oh, and boy. obviously, uh, recently, just in the past few days, we've been learning more and more about the shooting in um, <clears throat> in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, hopefully, I am pronouncing that correctly, uh, where um, someone uh, took uh, assault rifle uh, body armor and walked into an elementary school and decided to just shoot, shoot, shoot some kids. That's we, I, and honestly, I don't know if we know why, why he decided to do that. We just know like what happened and just what happened. Uh, we can get into that later, but Sue, um, you wanted to start us off just, uh, with a, uh, with a larger point before we get into the nitty gritty of everything. Yeah, just, just you know, we've talked so much about the Constitution, you know, given the, all the events of the last few uh, few weeks, months, yeah. you know, with the Supreme Court. And I just wanted to read the Second Amendment. Um, it's one sentence. A well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. And one of the reasons I'm sort of mentioning back to SCOTUS and Ford a little bit is that people, there's a lot of people on the Supreme Court right now that are textualists, or so they claim, you know, they're originalists, they call, yeah. yep, they call themselves. And so those words are sort of important. And I reread the Constitution the other day, and um, from the beginning to the end, looking for for one word, female, woman, anything like that. And nowhere is there a mention of women except for in the 19th Amendment, which says basically that the right to vote won't be prohibited by, you know, sex. And yeah. it doesn't say women. And it's the only place, I guess the argument I'm sort of raising or the issue I'm raising is that if you read things literally, you're in trouble. You know, women are in trouble in this country. If you read the Constitution literally, the only right that we are guaranteed, the only right, is the right to vote. Nowhere else in the Constitution does it say anything to do with people who are not male. And I just... I just want to point that out because we all get, I get very literal, as you know. So as we talk <laughs> about what's happened recently, this is, you know, it's really important that we understand sort of the limitations of reading just the words with no context. And uh, John, you're always really good at sort of reminding me of <laughs> making that mistake or sort of going down that that rat hole. So as we talk about these issues today, I just wanted to mention that, that women are not mentioned in the Constitution at all, or the amendments. Well, that's not really shocking, considering the Constitution was written by and for uh, white land-owning men. Yeah. Uh, like women and uh, brown people you know slaves weren't really we're kind of an afterthought um so that's it's a fun document to read honestly it's a it's a good read well, Real page turner um, <laughs> well i was shocked i thought somewhere you know something and you know why? the equal rights amendment <laughs> well the equal rights amendment has actually been 
um, ratified by enough states that they could just turn it into law. But they won't because one of the states reneged, I think it was Tennessee, reneged. Mm-hmm. I forget what the whole history of that is. But, you know, that that's a topic. Those are topics for another day. I mean, the, the shootings, the mass shootings, I forget how many we've had this year, but it is it's an ungodly number of mass shootings. And only this country um, has this kind of um, kind of uh, culture. It's it's really is a gun culture. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that cost 214. So far, just this. And year. I've heard. And I've heard, um, I saw a piece that said there was 10% was in Texas. And they signed that constitutional carry law. Abbott did in 17, right? 2017. I forget when he signed it. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I do want to. Constitutional carry law. Yeah. I do want to uh, bring it back to, uh, uh, because we w- we weren't able to talk about it last week. Um, Buffalo, uh, the shooting in Buffalo. Um, yeah, and that was tops tops grocery store. Yes, um, the the thing I want to bring up about that, and Pocky, I will bring you into the conversation in just sure. a second. But I just want to say that uh, one thing that people forget or don't think about with that situation is um, that neighborhood fought for. A, a grocery store there for 20 years that tops was very recent relatively recent and uh it is the it was the only place in that in that area where people could get produce and um and fresh fruit food and and things like that like actual food uh and because of the shooting it's closed it's closed down until they can it's still i don't know if it's still a crime scene but it's been closed it was closed for like you know, at least a couple of weeks, where are people supposed to get food? You know, like that, the, the, the violence done to the black community in Buffalo and make no mistake, that guy went to that place in Buffalo specifically to kill black people. Did he drive miles? He drove like three hours. Like he is not from yeah. there. He is from like, you know, a hundred miles, like hundreds of miles away. <laughs> he is not from there. How did so. he, how did he know to go there? I mean, I, he must've, I mean, there's gotta be links. Oh yeah. Well, he, he did some. research and stuff, <laughs> you know, like this is a black neighborhood and you know, he was posting online about it. He has a whole manifesto and, uh, we've been learning more and more about him, but like, um, anyway, I, I just want to make sure that everybody realized the, uh, extended um, issues that that shooting had. It wasn't just the loss of life, even though that was that's horrible in itself. Now the community, there are going to be people that are going to go hungry uh, because people go yeah. to the store every week to get food. So now the store is closed and the store was there because they fought for it to be there because not everybody has cars and stuff, you know. So didn't they create some bus routes and all sorts of things that really, cause that's such there's, a food desert. There's been, yeah, yeah it's a food a whole, desert. Yeah. But, um, they, there have been some community outreach things happening, but anyway, Pocky, um, what are, what are your thoughts on, 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 on this here? Well, I think I love what you just raised, uh, that ripple effect, whether it's the tops supermarket is closed down or, 
all the effects of on the families of the children in Uvalde. And and I think you know it's it's so easy for us in with our with our media craze to just look at the incident and not to see it in context. Um, and so I, I really appreciate your highlighting that you know it, it, the killings were a tragedy. The killings are also part of this broader um, crazed replacement theory um, mentality of, of that's gotten to primarily young white men. And, uh, and what's that all about? And how do we change that? And, and how does that connect to that wonderful piece you read earlier, Sue, the Second Amendment? And, uh, and I think it's really important for us to look at the Second Amendment because it's, it's I think, one of the, the linchpins in all of this, or maybe the linchpin. How can an 18-year-old boy go into a, a gun store and buy all this equipment he did? How can these young men, these young boys, um, who aren't even 20 years old, go in and buy these weapons that they used in... Uh, in, in Buffalo and in other cities. Um, and, and, and I just have to also add, uh, this is the second anniversary yesterday of the, uh, of the killing of George Floyd. And oh, that's- geez. Uh, I thought that was in a few days. No, that was yesterday, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, we are, by the way, we are taping this on, on Thursday, the 26th. This will air on the 27th. Ah, yes. so, Sorry. So yeah. he was uh he was killed on the 25th. I Wednesday. thought it was the 29th. No, it was well, it was it was Memorial Day. And oh. it was early, it was because of you know, it's always the last Monday in in uh May. But right. Um but but I think this <laughs> this what what you were both talking about, the the gun mentality. The, the whole gun culture, you know, it, it is important for us to look at this. What is it? What are the factors that make us the, the leader in arms, the arms race? What is it that makes us a leader in suicides, in, in mass murders? Um, and, and that's, you know, if, if the, if the alt-right can make the connections and can send all these boys to, uh, to fight, their battle, we better make some connections and look at what is it, what's wrong with this picture that we are doing, that we have, you know, we, we are exceptional in that we have more guns than people. We have more mass killings. We have the largest military budget in the world. And are the people in this country any more secure? Are people happier here? than anywhere else. And, you know, every time I, I go to see a, a congressperson or a senator, I, I ask them, you know, what makes us secure? It's not having more weapons. It's having good schools. It's having enough to eat. It's having shelter. But I don't want to go off there because it does come back to, I think, the Second Amendment and how it came to be and, and how... Those people you were talking about, those uh, traditionalists in the Supreme Court who will embrace the Second Amendment, but not 
the amendments that have come since then that have expanded our rights, that have expanded liberties, including gender. So, um, so if, if you'd like, let's, let's do a little reflecting on the Second Amendment, that, that the well-regulated militia, what was the militia for? It was to go after enslaved people who were trying to escape. Do you think it was also um, to, to make sure that since we had survived the English, that we'd be able to throw off the next oppressor, whoever that was? You know, it was, it was both looking down on protecting, quote, property, and I say that historically, not that I believe that, um, but also to make sure that no one could ever enslave us. Are we fearful? Are Americans really, I mean, people say we're really optimistic and we, you know, do big things and fight big wars. But is it that we're actually quite fearful Kinda. that that, you know, that that amendment exists? I mean, that amendment, the Second Amendment. I, I think part of the antecedents to that amendment were who were the people who were writing these amendments. They were, by and large, Southern slave owners. Uh, in, uh, in her new, this is from an NPR article and I will post this on civilpoliticsradio.com. Um, and I forgot to do that at the beginning. Uh, just so everybody knows, um, you are listening to civil politics on Valley free radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM. And we have our website, civilpoliticsradio.com. If you want to go there, you can listen to our past shows and, <clears throat> And I put links uh, and sources uh, on every show. So if you're listening on podcasts, look in the show notes. And if you're listening on the radio, go to the go there um, after we post the podcast on Sunday morning or or Monday morning, and you'll be able to see all these precious little links that I'm pulling. But I pulled up an NPR article from last year. Historian uncover uncovers the racist roots of the Second Amendment. Um, this is uh a historian named Carol Anderson and um, in her new book, the second race and guns in a, fa in a fatally unequal America, Anderson traces racial distinctions in America's treatment of gun ownership back to the founding of the country in the second amendment, which states a well Reagan militia, like as we, the language of the amendment Anderson says was crafted to ensure that slave owners could quickly crush any rebellion or resistance from those whom they'd enslaved. Slaved. And she says the right to bear arms, presumably guaranteed to, to all citizens, has repeatedly been denied to black people. Obviously, um, you know, Philando Castile, for example. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I did not know that. So, Packy, uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's to put down, you know, revolution, basically. <laughs> yeah. And, you uh, know, and, and we can whitewash it. With you know, oh, we threw off the British, so we made make want to make sure That's that. That's what I was taught. Yeah, the mother empire. I know. You know, I mean, we laugh about all the things we were taught, and uh, and the fallacies of them, the the lens through which they 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 came to us. It's it's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, as we really start mm -hmm. uncovering the true history of this country. I don't really well, think it's extraordinary. Because it doesn't surprise me um, that 
Guess history who writes is, history? Yeah, That's the, why. the winners. Yep. Yeah. So that, like, anytime I'm like, oh, this is racist too. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I just didn't so know that it was I, racist, but it, yeah, totally, it's racist. Obviously. <laughs> so can since I just have a touch of Indian in my family, um, can I redwash oh, this sure. for a second? Sure. <laughs> no. So did did do you do either of you know? I don't actually know the answer to this, but I'm just going to ask it in this context. Uh-huh. So as the Indians were you know, pushed further and further away from the arable land and onto the reservations and, you know, to Oklahoma. Did, were they prevented from having guns? Was that also, do you know if the early years of the, you know, if that was a prohibition on American Indians having, have having no rifles can, and guns? I can look into it. Yeah. Because that's about the same time too, that you'd want to, you know, make sure that you could chase the Indians off your property or take their property or do, do whatever you intended was it um oh i can't think of it manifest destiny yeah, oh. uh, yeah that's um <laughs> these things are so connected i mean it is it is amazing i mean i remember um you know was it last year or the year before mother emmanuel church i mean it's just horrifying the the jewish synagogue where the guy went in right and shot shot all the people i mean it's it's grocery stores it's churches it's synagogues it's it's sort of everywhere that people just aren't aren't safe from a young white man with a gun it's it's sort of horrifying it is horrifying it's not sort of it's incredibly horrifying yes uh yeah and um just a a white man with a gun or uh, like anybody with a gun because we know in in uvalde that was not a white man that was um i believe he is hispanic so uh it's just actually it's from that town too yeah um it's santa fe Santa Fe, Santa Fe, the California. Oh, Irving, Irving, California. Irving, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the man that that shot up the church was Chinese uh, of the Chinese, Chinese. and I believe he was an immigrant, Chinese immigrant, and he uh, specifically went to a Taiwanese church uh, to kill people because uh, he he's Chinese and he doesn't like um, Taiwan. Or so that's more speak. political. Yeah, that was definitely that was that was pitch perfect. A terrorist act. That's what a terrorist act is. <laughs> it's uh, you know, yeah. You reminded me of something last month. The domestic terrorism bill went from the House to the Senate, mm-hmm. and they uh, it stalled forty-seven to forty-seven. The vote. And it was to address some of the sort of domestic, ter- which we've never really called it domestic terrorism. I mean, I think they're trying to fix it so that they can, you know, watch people's postings and, mm-hmm. you know, reach in a little bit more. Because if it's international right now, you can stop it before it's a crime. Whereas if it's a U.S. citizen, a lot of time you have to almost wait for the crime or, you know, yeah. m- money exchanging hands. So yeah. I think that was what that was trying to address. And, and you know, it was, you know, three Three, uh, three Democrats joined with the Republicans. Gee, that's surprising. Um, I think that I think uh, another thing, like uh, something I talk about with my friends, uh, a well-regulated militia um, for, and obviously we're talking about like different forms of gun control, but like uh, 
the something I keep saying is, you know, if if it's supposed to be a well-regulated militia, then if you want to own a gun, there should be mandatory training. There should be uh, a, a a more intense um licensing uh procedure because it's supposed to be well regulated you're supposed to know what to do you're supposed to know how to do it and um regulation means means control like that's it's weird to think about because it's supposed to be everybody talks about how it's supposed to be defending against state regulated in the constitution implies state control state regulation and if the i mean then you get into the problem of how do you do this who will do the training how will they be trained and if it's a guaranteed right for all citizens which it is we can't get around that it is unless we repeal the the amendment um or or uh amend the amendment um (laughs) then uh everybody needs to have access to it so if if someone without a car wants to get a gun then how are they going to get this mandatory training like it's it's it goes down a rabbit hole there but like i Mm. think that we should at least have a more stringent um uh policy on who can buy guns when they can buy guns how they can buy guns uh pocky we only have a few minutes left but you uh what what would you like to say about that background check background check uh, yeah. You don't need a driver's license to get a background check. You, if you want a gun, you can get it. Uh, but we need to have background checks as at a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if there are... 89% of the... Uh, I'm sorry? 89% of the population agree with that. Yeah. And the there are poll. laws on the books in many states that say if if you are convicted of X Y Z crimes, then you are no longer allowed to have a firearm. If you are an an ex con, I don't think you're like in many places you're not allowed to have a firearm. That but no nobody really enforces that. There are people that are convicted of uh, domestic violence that they're not supposed to have a gun, but yep, they have a gun. So, um, I know we, we we haven't really been talking a ton specifically about this, but I think it is it is important that we talk about how how things can get better in certain ways, how we can make sure that we uh, that we can keep everybody safe and uh, without having to have like a whole constitutional convention. Um, but anyway, uh, we are we have run out of time for this half. We'll be back in the next half for more discussion about on this topic and and others. So uh, please don't go away. You're listening to Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM, Northampton, Massachusetts. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM.
There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we are back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. I know I say that a lot, but I'm required to. So uh, I'm John I'm here with Sue Timberlake and Packy Wyland. Hey there. <laughs> um, and we've been uh, talking about, you know, all the bullets that have been fired so many times um lately at children as young as four or or fourth grade <laughs> it's great um but uh sue you were during the break you were talking to us about uh some arguments that you were hearing um from <clears throat> from uh right-wing media so what what my what, friends, what are <laughs> my friends, <laughs> my uh, as you know, I'm a Republican. So people who are just tuning in probably don't know that, but I am a Republican, card carrying. So I talked to a lot of folks about this this stuff, especially this week has been just horrendous. And um, I heard the argument, you know, eighteen year olds are can handle guns when they go in the service. That they handle guns of war, you know, that that. There's no reason that an 18-year-old can't handle a gun like this because a lot of people are arguing for a higher age, right? 21, people are certainly arguing for and a lot of other things, background checks and permits. Mm-hmm. So I, I've i had that argument with, with friends and I didn't have a, a perfectly good comeback. But I heard Admiral Stavridis, he's retired and he used to be the um, NATO Supreme Commander, has seen a few battles in his day. And he said, that is just ridiculous. He said, in the Army... 
you train for months on how to use weapons, when to use weapons, where to use weapons. You're not allowed to take the weapons back to your bunk. They are stored. You know, you're given bullets when there's live ammo and you're not given bullets when there's not going to be live ammo. He said it's highly regulated. You're supervised closely in small platoons. He said there's just no way that 18-year-olds should have guns. You know, it, it was sort of a remarkable thing. I did, really didn't think that would be his counter argument. And some other folks I talked to who are total Second, Second Amendment folks, the one thing they would concede is that maybe because um, body armor isn't in the Second Amendment, nowhere in the Constitution, mm-hmm. again, the literalists, right? Because body armor isn't in there, you could actually prevent people from getting body armor. So I thought, well, there's a concession. Anyway, I just wanted to share sort of the view from the, the other side. So I'm so tired. But. So tired. <laughs> Pocky, what uh, would you like to add? Oh, sure. Uh, you know, as part of one of my rants is, you know, who benefits from all of this? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you mentioned body armor. And I think, oh, yes, what a growth industry. We could have body armor for every child in every school in the United States. Who would who would provide uh-huh. all of those? I'm sure there's some corporation out there that would <laughs> love to make body armor for children. I mean, imagine. I mean, this could be uh, to an extreme, but. There you go. Yeah. After after Newtown, you could actually buy a child's backpack with um, Kevlar. I can't yeah. think of the Kevlar in it. Yeah, it, it was a bulletproof backpack. Yeah. 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 Because that's that's gonna help. Yeah, you have to say to the shooter, please shoot at my back. Yeah. yeah. Or like <laughs> you're supposed. I I guess you were supposed to like take it and like shield yourself from it. Or, or something i don't know it's stupid uh, who knows I hate everything so so back to the culture yeah. though back to the culture uh-huh isn't this the issue or is it the you mean our culture is surrounding guns the gun culture the hierarchy the uh you know i was reading you know this these wonderful guys in in hampshire county with their toxic masculinity issue and uh, and how how all there's there's no linear uh, progression. It's it's multifaceted, you know. It's it's what we're taught, you know. Might makes right, and uh, you know. So so that that fallacy of having more 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 officials in the school with guns is going to protect anybody. Uh, rather, yeah. let's look at what what protects us. And what kind of culture do we want to create uh, here in the shell of this old? And I'll leave you with that. That's not a totally rhetorical question. Well, one of the one of the um, one of the news shows pointed out that Buffalo, Uvalde, and um, Park um, Parker Stoneman Parkland? Douglas. I always screw uh, that. Yeah, Stoneman yeah. Stoneman Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In they Florida. all had armed guards. They Mm -hmm. all had armed guards who were on duty and interacted in some way with the shooter and still went, it still went wrong. And they were trained. I mean, a person with a handgun and somebody with a semi-automatic weapon, I don't, I I think it's not quite a fair, it's just crazy. And to arm teachers, I mean, what are we thinking? There's, yeah, I, 
there's the like the the fact that people think that just putting a police officer into a school will actually make it safer or putting uh like giving uh like teachers handguns and having them keep hand live handguns in what a safe in the classroom or something like how is <laughs> I just have an image of my like kindergarten teacher with a uh, a a body holster on just strapped <laughs> just, yeah just uh, and th- there are some teachers there are many teachers they're they're like I don't want to have to deal with this Th- this isn't my job. It is yeah. not my job to throw myself in front of bullets to save children, even though that's that's what teachers, many, many teachers have done. They have protected their students. Um and yeah, yeah some but of them it, were having covering these kiddos in for mm-hmm. in uh, Texas. Yeah. But yeah, having a having a police officer uh, or a school resource officer in a in a school it, it, it's not going to deter someone from entering the school. This, and I looked up the a timeline for this shooting um, uh, in Texas. <clears throat> and basically, uh, the, this guy like shot his grandmother and then took off. The grandmother calls 911. Then he crashes near, near the school someone else calls 911 and then he goes into the school and i uh, i think he sh- shot and wounded the the guard there the the police officer there and he just walked he, and he just walked into the school like you know like whatever he wasn't confronted on, by anybody unlocked door yeah yep just, unlocked door um this is uh, a quote at um, Escalon said the gunman walked into the west side of the elementary school at 1140 a.m. He was not confronted by anybody, he said, despite the Department of Public Safety's officials earlier claims that a school resource, the school police officer engaged Ramos and was wounded. Oh, I was wrong. There are reports that the, uh, the, the cop in there didn't do anything, which yep. is unsurprising. Well, <laughs> the, the official police folks are not being forthcoming with a timeline. So is that how the Washington Post must have interviewed people to get that? Yeah, they're they're interviewing and looked people. at records. Yeah, yeah, looked at records. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, eleven forty three. School announces a lockdown due to gunshots in the area. Eleven forty four. Local police arrive and come under fire. Authorities say. Um, 1154 video shows family members frustrated police because 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 the police were still gathering all their equipment and getting everything uh, together to breach the school now. um, And I we do know that it wasn't just local police. There were Border Patrol there as well. Um, But they. Yeah, four minutes after Ramos. entered the school. Escalon said while the police and police with the school district are inside making entry, they hear gunfire, they take rounds, they move back, get cover. And during that time, they approach where the suspected at. Um, Shooter quickly made his way to a fourth grade classroom, barricaded himself, locking the door, uh, and just, 
you know, start shooting kids and stuff. This whole situation sucks. Officers are there. The, the initial officers, as Glenn said, Thursday. But they did not enter the classroom because they were under gunfire, he said. Ramos um, fired most of his shots early on. And saying he could not, and Escalon, the guy that they're interviewing, could not ident- immediately identify a precise number. Like, and this, this is the issue that really, really gets me. Like, there are a lot of people, there's a lot of chatter, like, online and stuff. People saying the, the police should have just rushed in there screw the body armor and everything you get in there and you stop the guy and if you get shot then whatever protocol now that's the protocol after columbine they changed they used to wait like you know on planes used to wait till the terrorists they just put down where they were gonna put them down Mm -hmm. they don't do that anymore the the protocols for across the whole country are the first people on site armed well armed or not are to go in and try and stop it because most of the killings always happen in the first, you know, 10 minutes or so. What policy are you talking about? Is this a national well, policy? Well, Homeland Security. Yep. Homeland, police policy. That's... Any, yep, but trainings for local police departments. It's a, it's a, it's a nationwide protocol that changed after Columbine. I'm going to have to look that up because these, these yeah, police you, officers did not follow that protocol then. They they didn't. And do you remember the guy that waited outside? I forget where there were. He was on video. He's being tried now. He was Parkland. a school resource oh, officer. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Parkland. Yeah. yeah. And and they were saying that that's not protocol because you're supposed to go in even if you're alone. If you called it in, you need to go in and confront them even if you don't have body armor, even if you blah blah blah. It it's it's because. A lot of times, that's when you can stop them. It's it's very interesting because the police are actually being—they're not being critical. They're just saying this isn't this isn't consistent with the the protocol, all the protocols since Columbine. Because you know all the school practices, you know the drills, um, mm-hmm. active shooter drills, all that stuff. That's the that's the new. Whereas for people in the building, um, active shooter means get out if you can. Yeah, you you just get out of the building. Used to be that you hide, you duck and cover, and it's basically that you get out if you can, if you have an exit. I, and if I you love don't, you lock yourself. Yeah, yeah, Pocky, what was that? Well, I, I love this. Yes, duck and cover. That's what we did when I was in school because they were going <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> but but I, I'm curious about this. Um, are these? And I, I I know this is a, this is not a, a politically correct description, but are these rent a cops or are these real police no, these officers? Police officers. So these are police Small officers. Town. These are police Small officers. Small town police officers. No, no, no. There were um Home, there was uh, border there were there were other too, right? they, like the, this isn't like small town like it's not like a guy in a so, in a it, this is they they have a a police they have resources. There were a bunch of cops on 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 scene. <laughs> This isn't this isn't 20, like podunk 20, like 000. yeah, but there is true. They had multiple police officers on on the scene, and they were getting um. I I believe they were getting help from from uh from SWAT, border patrol SWAT team, and they were waiting for like a SWAT team. But like they were in, they actually got into the school. They were in the school for about an hour, um before before they actually like breached the door. 
That is a great argument for the free press. And I don't have my constitution, my copy of the constitution, but <laughs> still got yours there, uh, Sue. Um, the, 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 the press, the importance of the press, um, you know, the, you know, I often quote this I.F. Um, Stone uh, after he taught a class uh, and to journalism yeah. students. He said, you know, uh, if there if there are only two words you remember, uh, remember this governments lie. And he said, if you can remember only three words, remember all governments lie. And that's why we need a free, a free press, because look at what the, the post is giving us that the. Uh, the local people can't do it. Now, I'm not suggesting that the people of this town of uh, of uh, are, are corrupt. Uh, you know, they're probably understaffed and there's lots of stuff anyway, but, but they don't have the resources and they don't have the intention to really get the information out to us, which the press should and often does. And so we really need the press to, to give us that information, John, you were just telling us, quoting the, the, the Washington Post, um, what actually happened in real time and, and how do we correct this? And in the meantime, I will go back to my harp. How do we create a society uh, that, that doesn't require police in the schools? We have that society now. We don't need police in schools now. We don't have to have that. Well, we, we have that. Fix we, things. we have why we have we we, have, we we've had we like when I was in school, there were no cops. You know, they were focused like, on the Russians. <laughs> I'm when not. I was in school, I'm were, not eighty. School. <laughs> I was I, in I grade am. school in the nineties. There were no well, cops in my in my public school. There were no cops. We got to take some of my right wing colleagues and focus them on external threats to the country and stop having them think the threats are internal. But yeah, I, but I think it does take like, a culture change. One thing that, it, like, oh, by the way, when I was quoting um, Escalon, that was a a Department of Public Safety official, the the Texas Department of of Public Safety. Um, official who uh, that oh, was so at that's a state level. Yeah. So p- it, the thing is that they had like a ninety-minute conference uh, press conference, um, and they barely anybody got their got their questions answered. St- stupid. I hate it. Hate everything. But um, <laughs> one one thing like talking about like uh like he wasn't confronted by anybody even though there was a there was a police officer in there and but there was confusing reports about that and he declined to answer any a lot of other questions very confusing and everything like the press conference was basically useless and then the, uh most of the gunfire from the shooter occurred when he first entered the school but added that he continued to fire shots some of police as officers officers attempt to make contact it took officers an hour to kill the gunman once he was inside as law enforcement officers called everyone that's in the area that is a quote to help then waited again quotes for specialty equipment and body armor and and organized a tactical team to re-enter the school asked whether officers should have gone in sooner escalon said that's a tough question i don't have enough information to answer that question yet and here is 
where I would like to make a very important point to remind everybody that law enforcement officers are not constitutionally bound to protect you. I'm going to let that sit for a second. Protect and serve. The Second Amendment. <laughs> protect and serve. We need <laughs> on on cop cars. That is a slogan. That is not a pol. That it that unless there's a local or state policy or a law, like nationally, it you like federally, cops don't have to protect you. This has been proven. This has been said in court multiple times. And the, the, their job is to stop crimes from happening or to catch people that have done crimes that, that have broken the state law that mm-hmm. they, they are under no obligation to run into a school to save children. A lot of people. Well, in Northampton, yeah, they, they do have that in their policy because we're oh, yeah. accredited and. Uh, yeah, we're a good police department. Oh my god! They, wait, they they are you sure that they yep, they they have to protect people? Is that what the I, is that what the policy says? I I believe they they've done a lot of work around making it really specific and really enhancing what's expected of the police officers. So yeah, I that's do believe what's so. expected. But we should have Chief Chief Casper back again. But, you know, when she was with us, she said that they have long guns in their trunks and body armor and all sorts of stuff that they wouldn't mm-hmm. show to the public. But if they needed it, they all had it. And I heard one of the, again, my C-SPAN, that um, every police car in this country should have some of the tools that you need in case there's like a school shooting. And if they don't have it, that um, Homeland Security would have given them the equipment. And so, yeah, because you know, we really need Homeland that, Security giving giving equipment like military equipment to po- well, local body police arm, officers. Body, arm, body armor for the cops so they're not afraid to go in. I mean, I think body armor is kind of a basic for a police officer. I don't they, know. Maybe they I'm a little have too those already. Military. Well, that's what they were saying is that there's no reason that, that you wouldn't go in because all police departments are supposed to have these things in their cruisers. Yeah, because well, you can't wait for the SWAT team to come. But they don't have to. They don't have to go in. Yeah, that's a scary that, thought. And even I, if that's a policy, and even if that's a policy in on in the Northampton Police Department, that is a policy. That is not law. Yep. That is a policy that can be changed at right. any time. And that, they could be sued and like, not yeah. go in, and the state would because they have qualified immunity. Exactly. I did find mm-hmm. the Free Press, Packy. Yes. So Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion, comma, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, semicolon, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I mean, First Amendment is key to our us straightening this out because you're right, the freedom of the press. Otherwise, we'd never know some of these stories that yeah. you hear after the fact about right. what actually happened. And you've, you said before, genre that police don't have the most dangerous job. No. When you look at the statistics, statistically that actually, like nationally, no, if you're, if you're a police officer, 
you are less likely to die on the job than a landscaper. Wow. I was going to say coal miner, but... No, a landscaper. Uh, the You were more likely to die as a landscaper than a police officer. Oh, because of the heavy equipment, right? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Construction. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Coal people, miner. <laughs> coal yeah. miner. No, coal ma- miner. No, like just people that take Their care of dangerous. That's dangerous. People that like, like you get maimed by a, by a tractor or something like there's there's lots of jobs farmers have a lot of deaths oh yeah yeah farmers have a lot of yeah get your head but stuck in a we... combine or some or something <laughs> but i i bring that up i bring the the duty pro- to protect thing yes. up because when we're talking about and and a lot of people are saying like oh they're cowards or oh they they should have gone in like that's their job to go in and and rush in even if they're going to get shot and i'm like and i and i've been trying to tell people no this is this happened in the, up to the supreme court in 2005 when someone sued because a police officer didn't step in intervene to intervene in a in i think in a domestic violence case or something they they didn't have to. This has happened multiple times, and Ugh. someone and I. The last thing I'll say about this is someone. I said this because there was like this long Twitter thread with all of these people saying like, "Oh, protect and serve, protect and serve," and I'm like, "No, they don't have to." And this then this person pops up and says, "Well, why do we pay them so much?" Actually, and they're I not said, super well paid. No, they're better paid than a lot of people. That they, they do not get minimum wage. So. No, 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 and they get more in this state if they have a master's degree, and they and they get a, a pension. Yeah. and they get a pension, and they can't be sued, and the and and and. But they, why do we pay them so much? That's true for all city and state employees. They can't be sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To some degree. Sue, but but all city and state employees yeah. don't have the the option to murder people in in the name of the state. True. Like the 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 person in in charge of the public works can't like just shoot someone if they're maybe breaking a law. Like, but some this person said, like, why do we pay them so much? And I said, we shouldn't. <laughs> Anyway, Pocky, um, I've dominated this. If you if you would like to have the last uh, last few words, and, and please go ahead. No, I I've really appreciated being with you all. It's been a long time, and and uh, I'm I'm happy to to listen to you. Um, I love some of the the issues we're raising. Um, you know this this law enforcement. Who are they here to to uh, protect and serve? Yeah. Um, it's the property again. It's it's the basis. <laughs> it's of, property. It's right. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, they're here to protect property. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you know so um, so we have a we have a, a great distance to go. I'm glad that uh, civil politics is here, and it's been a pleasure to, to join you both. And um, I hope to come back sometime. Of Thanks. course. Definitely. Uh, thank you for joining it's us. Wonderful. To, yeah, it's wonderful to have you on, Packy, especially with your knowledge and depth of experience. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, that'll do it for um, 
today on civil politics it was kind of a downer but uh it's it is important for us uh to to talk about these things and make sure that everybody understands like different different facets of every every part of it so um so up next we have subculture uh, I'm doing this from memory. We have subculture going from <laughs> eight to ten. Then we have table of contents uh, from uh, ten to, to twelve. We have a reap. Then we have I think um, OK Asia going through the night and some repeats of uh, musical shows all through Friday night up until Saturday morning, so you can dance the night away and forget about this <laughs> for now. But thank you, Pocky, for coming on. Thank you, Sue. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember, the show will be going up on podcast Monday morning at about 1 a.m. And we have a repeat show at 4 p.m. on Monday afternoon. So you can listen to us all over again. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.